Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Much more to come on Joe Biden's classified documents scandal, but let's start here locally in Indiana. The man accused in the Delphi murders will be back in court this Friday, Hammer, and his attorneys want everything from the prosecution. It's called discovery. They want to know the names and the addresses of everybody that they he've they, they've talked to in the investigation over the past and this is over the past what four or five years this investigation is going on they want to see everything they have a right to see everything so that's maybe the next uh, piece of this puzzle leading up to the trial and when you say everything this includes the cell phone video the same video where we got the down the hill audio from now it's been talked about in private circles nothing publicly but in private circles that there's a lot more on that cell phone and the family is not real excited about a lot of people seeing yeah, what's on i don't that think cell phone. i don't think they know what's on it and they certainly maybe i'm not i'm not 100 percent on this i'm wondering if families know what the cause of death was and alan's lawyer's They're asking for everything. They want the full cell phone video. They're looking for the names of confidential informants, all the phone records, witness statements, whether there were any electronic surveillance and recordings. They want everything. You know, you just look at this and you pray that everybody from the prosecution to the FBI to the state police to Superintendent Doug Carter, uh, everybody that's been working so hard on this for years is finally able to bring justice to those two little girls. And they, I, I use this phrase a lot, but they, every T crossed, every I dotted. Um, and, and there have been some questions about the incarceration of one Mr. Richard Allen, who is accused in the murders. And according to the court documents, Allen's attorneys have the green light to hire a private investigator as well. So it seems to me, just looking at what we've been able to discover in documents here, that the prosecution, they're coming out saying, we've got nothing to hide. You want it, here you go. Now, actually handing over that information is the next step. Now, for argument's sake, let's say that the uh, Carroll County prosecutors hold back some sort of evidence or information you don't want to do that maybe they're siding with the family and saying you know what keep that cell phone video private we don't want anybody seeing what happened to our loved one well the problem with that is then it becomes unable to be used at all in the trial if they think they need it later correct if they think they need to introduce it as evidence well no, you didn't give it to us in discovery. So Right, very good fair. chance the judge is going to say, we can't allow that, we're not going to allow that. So that's kind of the situation that's going on here. Friday is the big day, and Nigel, I'm telling you, it's going to be a circus. There hasn't been a trial or a court appearance, whatever you want to call it, this big in Indiana no. in a long, long time. The special judge that's been appointed has issued a temporary gag order in this case. Oh, that you got to think that's going to stick. 
Yes. Now, yeah, temporary can. until Friday, and then yeah. we find out if it's going to stick or if they're going to remove it. The timing of that was really awkward. If you remember, Nige, we had the state uh, police superintendent, Doug Carter, on this show in studio yeah. answering all the questions about, at the time, what he thought was in the sealed affidavit, how that was going to affect the trial, you know, all these different things. And just a day, maybe two days later, here comes the gag order. Yeah, you got to remember, there, there was no cause of death mentioned in that probable cause arrest for Richard Allen. You hear a lot about unspent uh, bullets or shell casings found in between the bodies that were traced back uh, and cycled through a firearm owned by Allen, allegedly. And that, to me, is the the biggest the biggest piece of evidence. If they can if they can make that stick, if they can have experts on the stand and look at a jury and say, "Yeah, this guy's bullet <laughs> was lying within feet of the bodies. It's from his gun. Here's proof." That's big to me. Now the trial, the official trial, doesn't get going for a couple of months. Oh shoot! I you got to think it's going to get pushed back, Hammer. Yeah. Especially with all the evidence that the defense is asking for right now. There may be a little bit of a delay here. But all I'm hoping for is that both parties do things right. This is a fair trial. The justice system runs its course here. And we have some sort of resolution, one way or the other, at the end of this. And in the event, and I'm just spitballing here, I'm not saying that I believe one thing or the other, in the event Richard Allen is acquitted, or maybe he's not the guy. I hope they do all the diligent work and find whoever it is. I want this to be right. The last thing I think anybody wants is a feeling that maybe we've got the right guy, but because of a technicality yeah. or somebody dropping the ball in a specific piece of evidence, now we're going to have to let him go. That's what I don't want to happen. But I do want a fair trial i'm fascinated by it and the next court appearance is on friday um we've been talking about you know ron DeSantis. is he or is he not going to announce he's running for president honestly he doesn't have to be in a hurry he's kind of playing with the leverage right here he could probably yeah. wait until next may june even beyond to announce if he wants to donald trump has announced he's running so a lot of people were wondering, is anybody else going to join Donald Trump as officially tossing that hat into the ring for 2024? We have the answer. A former U.S. government official says that he's going to run for the Republican nomination. And according to Good Morning Britain, that man is former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Not that John Bolton. Is Bolton ready for America? Is America ready for Bolton? This is Michael Bolton, I believe. <laughs> is anybody asking for this? This was from Good Morning Britain. Take a listen. John Bolton has exclusively told Good Morning Britain he wants to become the next president of the United States. What would a John Bolton America look like if you were commander-in-chief? I would get in to win the nomination, and I would do it... Uh, primarily on the basis that we need a much stronger foreign policy. I think Trump's support within the party itself uh, is in terminal decline. What would you say to your critics who will obviously watch this interview and they will say, OK, listen, John, you simply don't have the experience. 
Well, I wouldn't run as a vanity candidate. Uh, if, if I didn't think I could run seriously, then, then I wouldn't get in the race. Then why are you getting in the race? There is nobody I know that's running around today high-fiving. Did you hear? <laughs> Did you hear the news? Bolton is in. This is what we've been waiting for. There's nobody asking for this. Wait, are you talking about the guy with the long hair that they made fun of in the movie Office Space? No, no, no that's, not that's that, Bolton. Michael, that's Michael Bolton. Are you yeah. talking about John, some guy named John Bolton? Yeah, the Warhawk guy. The guy that wants to bomb <laughs> yeah. every single country in the world all the time. And if you think we're joking, this is a little Hammer and Nigel Records tribute here. If John Bolton becomes the president... These are the countries he's going to invade his very first year in office. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guyana, and still Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil. They're all going to be bombed wow. by Bolton his first year in the you office. Know, that's one of the only kind of reasons I like that guy on Trump's team is because Trump always used him as it was like good cop, bad cop. Like you go up to North Korea and be like, look, fat boy. I had to tell you, man. Maybe me and you can get a deal done. We can go shake hands at the D, you know, at the at the demilitarized zone. Maybe we'll make a big thing of it. But just so you know, if you if you get out of hand, if things get squirrely, this guy behind me here, the weird old with the with the mustache, looks like <laughs> Willy Wonka. He looks like the grandpa from Willy Wonka. <laughs> He's got my ear. He's a national security advisor. Quite frankly, he wants to bomb the s out of you. Okay. So why I had to just, talk him out of bombing yeah, it earlier yeah. today. <laughs> I mean, this is a dude that loves military action. Oh, yeah. But what's crazy is that after he was fired from Donald Trump, you know, a couple years go by and he does this interview where he says that the United States is safer under Joe Biden as president than we were under the Trump presidency. Okay. And this co- coincides with his horrible book that he had coming out. How is that safe? We didn't, Trump was the only president in recent memory. He didn't start or was involved in a war. And you look at some of the major terrorist leaders. Sure. They got blown to hell. Oh, yeah. So you didn't get involved in a war. There are dead terrorist leaders. I think that's really the perfect situation, yeah. isn't it? But after his book came out where he just ripped on Trump. Trump was still on Twitter at this point, and he was still tweeting. We had Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks Uh, come in to respond. Bolton's book, which is getting terrible reviews, is a (laughs) compilation of lies and made-up stories, all intended to make me look bad. Many of the ridiculous statements he attributes to me were never made. Pure fiction. Just trying to get even for firing him like the sick puppy he is. (laughs) I miss Alvin reading the Trump tweets, man. I miss that guy. You know, who was it that dropped that pizza off earlier? Oh, Lou Melnati's. Good Lord. The deep dish at Lou Melnati's, man. If the people of my trainer, Kyle, at Exercise Inc. is listening right now, I only had one piece. One piece, and it was worth every bite. And here comes the narrator. But Nigel had more than one piece. (laughs) I may have sliced off a second skinnier piece. 
our our producer caught me in the kitchen earlier. <laughs> uh, Lou Malnati's man, they they take care of us. It's National Pizza Week this week, okay. and they're doing free delivery for all orders online over fifteen dollars. Just use the code free D E L twenty three from Lou Malnati's. Right. So thank you for that. Um, National Pizza Week brings us to the story from Domino's. A Domino's delivery driver is going viral on TikTok for sharing all of her tips she received throughout her shift. Okay. Here is driver Allison Green sharing how much she made after 11 deliveries. So I just took my first delivery of the night. It was a cash delivery, and his food was 46.17, and he gave me 50 and told me to keep the change. So I just took my 11th and final delivery of the night. They spent $56, and I did not get a tip at all. Uh. I got $13 in cash. We have a card that our credit card tips go on, and I have $42.29 going on to my card in the morning. I mean, it's not terrible for a Monday. Okay, so she, so I would have guessed double that. She made about fifty bucks for a night of delivered pizzas on a Monday. I would have guessed at least a hundy. And somebody ordered like a fifty-six dollar order and didn't, didn't tip her at all. I, but then, then somebody ordered a uh, a fifty dollar order and said keep the change. Gave him a, like fifty, like or no, somebody ordered a forty-six dollar order, gave him fifty, and said keep the change. It's not nearly enough. Right. You take care of these guys, man. Assuming that the service was good and she was polite and delivered the food. Now, if somebody comes to my door and go, hey, you're that fat guy from WIBC and he throws <laughs> it down, you're probably not going to get a tip. Yeah, even if, even if the pizza's super late, I, I don't know how much of the fault rests on the driver as opposed to uh, the business, the right. store, the shop. Supply bag. and demand sometimes. Uh, Friday yeah. nights, Saturday nights are going right. to be a lot busier than like a tuesday night but i would have guessed if you would ask me how much she made after a night of delivering pizzas i would said at least 100 man 55 it sucks i used to get uh, screwed over all the time when i was in college again i worked <laughs> at the pizza hut in muncie by ball state on kilgore and there was like a big factory that was nearby and they would order massive amounts of pizza for like the lunchtime rush yeah so i'd go over there with like 15 20 pizzas man just a whole car loaded up and they'd give me the exact amount would not tip me a single dollar. People are just clueless. And then some of these yeah. same dudes would come in for like the lunch buffet because this was the Pizza Hut that had the lunch buffet. And these jackasses <laughs> would start to unscrew the salt and peppers and like the spices on your table. Yeah. And like whenever somebody else would That's use a prank. it. Right. It yeah. would just spill out. Yeah. Now you'd expect that from college kids, but these are grown ass men. <laughs> failures living in Muncie doing this. Is Domino's uh, in terms of like national... Uh, brands is Domino's up there uh, with with the you know obviously the people that, that Luminaldi's is that how you say Luminaldi's Lou Luminaldi's um, they're more of a specialty they're like the deep dish yeah. kind of people oh, God, the deep dishes so good but when we're talking about national uh, fa not fast food but national pizza brands Domino's is right up there Donato's is up there Pizza Hut Pizza Hut it doesn't get any better than their deep dish I Papa mean, John's is in the conversation okay, Papa John's could be in the conversation but Pizza Hut I mean back in the day when I was a kid holy crap going to Brownsburg right there uh, right before we got to Claremont there was a Pizza Hut and just you know the video 
video games there, the the red plastic glasses, the the all you can eat buffet. The it personal. was the finest in culinary dining, eating inside at a Pizza Hut, man. That I just uh, I just saw they're bringing the big New Yorker back. Oh, I remember P- that. P- remember the big New Yorker? It's like thirty percent more pizza. It's like sixteen inches wide, <laughs> and you got to fold it. That that was the whole thing. Donald Trump did a uh, a commercial for it. That's right. When we had to deliver those when I was in college, that box, that freaking box, is so big, like it takes up yeah. even more space in your car. Yeah. You can't add extra pizzas in there. Um, so if Pizza Hut's bringing back the big New Yorker, let me take you down this road here. What old menu item from any fast food or pizza joint or restaurant would you like to have brought back? Is there anything that's gone right now that you would like to have Mm. brought back? Did they bring back the cinnamon biscuits from Hardee's? I used to get those all the time when I was a kid. It seems like they did away with those for a little while, but but, but I don't know. Burger King got rid of these Cine Minis, but uh, for me, and it's not even close, the potato cakes from Arby's. The potato cakes were like the little triangle, yeah. like hash browns. They don't brown. have those anymore? No, it's just fries well, now. That is Curly BS. fries, French fries. So hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, at Hammer and Nigel. What is an older fast food item that is no longer available that you would love to bring back. Mm. I got potato cakes. We're talking Burger King Cine Minis, KFC's potato wedges. Whatever it is, let us know at Hammer and Nigel. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. They should have been fired a long time ago. I think we got a show. Oh yeah, we got a show. We definitely got a show. On 93 WIBC. Oh yeah! I gotta tell you, Hammer, I don't care about classified documents or where they're stored or Trump and Mar-a-Lago or the think tank of Joe Joe Biden is a think tank. That's where his, <laughs> that's where his classified documents were mishandled and stored. But the precedent's been set. That's the problem. I mean, Trump doing this, this is ridiculous a couple of months ago. Mar-a-Lago raided FBI agents uh, early in the morning, going through Melania's underwear drawer, looking for classified documents. And because this was some sort of national security threat, this 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 emergency that the, the corporate media trumped up. Well, now Joe Biden literally accused of doing the same thing, and it's it's crickets. First of all, let's go back to Joe Biden having a think tank here. (laughs) That's the equivalent of being part of Joe Biden's think tank. It's kind of like bragging you're the valedictorian of summer school, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, I'm working at a think tank. Whose is it? Joe Biden's. Oh, congratulations. Okay, will you please hand me my french fries then? (laughs) Um, So the U.S. Attorney General's office, they are reviewing these documents. And keep in mind... These are all Biden's buddies, the U.S. Attorney General's office. So I'm sure they're going to ignore all of the information as it is received. So what we know is there are roughly 10 documents from then Vice President Biden's uh, 
control at the center of this controversy here. CBS News was the first one to report that the FBI is also looking into uh, this inquiry. Now, let's jump in the uh, hot tub time machine here and go back to September 18th, 2022. This is when all of the talk was about Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago and the agents that went through Melania's panty drawer. This is what (laughs) Joe Biden had to say about Donald Trump possibly having classified documents. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself? looking at that image how that could possibly happen how one anyone could be that irresponsible <laughs> and i thought what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods and by that i mean names of people who helped or etc and it's just uh, totally irresponsible yeah well guess what data was included in this little treasure trove of documents that were classified that were found in the think tank cnn reporting material related to ukraine which would have dated back to when he was vice president and his crackhead son hunter was trading under his name uh, uh, receiving ill-begotten gains from barisma and the energy company and uh, hmm this had, head scratcher there don't you think i believe now correct me if i'm wrong it was at that point in time joe biden was going by the moniker the big guy oh yeah 10 percent, 10 percent to the big big guy guy. and you're right this normally would not be a big situation but there are some differences here donald trump was the president of the united states he has the ability to declassify some information joe biden was the vice president and his job was to sit in the corner and play with Play-Doh. That's all he was allowed to do under the Biden, uh, under the Obama administration. So he had no <laughs> ability to declassify anything as the vice president. Here's why Donald Trump should be maybe breathing a slight sigh of relief now is because how is it going to look when Merrick Garland brings charges against Trump for mishandling? documents obstruction blah 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 but he doesn't do it for joe biden right there are subtle differences here and i can't get into the weeds right now with with what biden did and what 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 donald trump is accused of doing but it's no different from hillary clinton and her uh attempt to uh, obstruct congress from looking at her emails years ago this is no different i retweeted something earlier from cnn they didn't prosecute her at all so well i might say just let me finish my thought mary garland it's going to look awfully political if he goes ahead with a trump prosecution and doesn't do it with joe biden even though the circumstances slightly uh, slightly different but it's very very political and very the optics are horrible cnn was really quick to get the story out there Hat yeah. tip to them for that. Yeah. But they're also the first ones to do the tap dance to make sure that you know this scandal of classified information is totally different than the Donald Trump scandal of classified mm-hmm. information. You know, the one where the agents arrived to Mar-a-Lago and the camera crew just happened to be there and they went through and did all the things. Oh, this is totally different. CNN wants you to know that. Yeah, you're right. There is a difference. Joe Biden was the vice president, and he cannot declassify information. Uh, Today, Joe Biden was down in Mexico City talking with Pretty Boy, Justin Trudeau. 
and they're trying to figure out how to make immigration better. I'm sure when this meeting of the minds gets mm. together, uh, maybe this was the think tank. I don't know. Uh, Biden and Trudeau had a little get together. They spoke. And at the very end, they looked out to the crowd, the adoring press that usually carries their water. I want you to listen to this. You're going to hear a lot of reporters yelling at Joe Biden about the classified information. And he just sits there with that stone, stupid smile on his face. Part of me that would be shocked if he even knew what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> Looks over at Trudeau. Uh, classified documents. What? What are you talking about? He just hit, sat there with that goofy grin on his face, <laughs> like he's waiting for the conclusion of Matlock to happen. Like that same stupid smirk. Now again, this is the same Joe Biden that back in 2018 told NBC News that, you know, even when he was the vice president, he didn't have access to classified stuff. I don't have access to classified information anymore. I don't get briefed every morning by the agency, as I did for eight years. Well, turns out that Hmm. you did, you do, and here's the thing that really stinks. According to not only CNN, but CBS News as well, this information happened just a few days before the midterm elections before the midterm Mm, elections. Funny how we're just hearing about it now. Bingo. Uh, I got some good news and bad news here, Nige. All right. The good news, here's a tweet from the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. Quote, House Republicans just voted unanimously to repeal the Democrats' army of 87,000 IRS agents. This was our very first act of the new Congress because government should work for you. Promises made, promises kept. All right. Good news. Here's the bad news. It's dead on arrival. Senate. It's not going to get through the Senate. The Democrat majority, the Democrats gained seats during the midterms. It's a disaster for the Republicans. So while this is good, I mean, he's doing his job, I guess. Slow down (laughs) on the victory lap because you know as well as I do this thing is dead on arrival. But, okay, at least they're trying to get something accomplished. And even if it wasn't the Senate, even if it, the numbers were better for the Republicans in the Senate, then Joe Biden just would have vetoed it. So there's plenty of hoops to jump through. Um, the House is, is, I think their job for the next two years is to be a speed bump for the Senate and Joe Biden, kind of an annoyance for Biden. And then we'll see what happens in 2024. Right. I understand they did their job. That's all they can do. And hat tip to the House Republicans for this. But you're also going to see Kevin McCarthy going completely out of his way to make it look like I'm not a swamp monster. I'm with everybody. All of you people who had questions about me and whether or not I love to add trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to the national debt and give the Democrats things that they want. (laughs) Look what I'm doing right now. Don't you love me yet? (laughs) That's all this is right here. It's window dressing. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Disney workers have been working remotely since COVID-19 uh, a couple of years ago. They got to return to the office in March. So probably talking about, you know, workers in the corporate office, not like, you know, the park's been open for right. a while. The guy a in the goofy time. suit has been working and his name is Joe Biden. 
Yeah. I can do this all night. Yeah. I'm here all night. Um, Bob Iger, the returning Disney CEO, uh, ordered corporate employees to start working in person four days a week. I, it blows me away that, that there are still companies that, that do this. Right. That, that are having remote. You know, unless they discovered it's more efficient. Obviously, in some businesses, it is. Like, my wife hasn't had to, she doesn't have an office. She's in sales, but she's never, even before the pandemic, never had an office. Well, salespeople, I think it's important yeah. for them to be able to get out and go and meet clients and stuff. Uh, but Iger said in an email to his employees that creativity and growth happens when peers are physically together to connect and observe. I would probably generally, for the most part, agree with that. You and I were very lucky with the our previous owners during the pandemic we never they never made us stay home i know there were other companies other radio companies in the city that made made their their radio personalities and everyone else for that matter stay home right we got to come in hell tony katz never came back <laughs> tony's still at home I doing have, stuff I've, I've, I've actually seen him from time to time rare sightings <laughs> from tony over the past couple of weeks but um you know apple snapchat Twitter, they've all revised their remote work policies since the pandemic to include more office hours. But why is it Twitter the only one that I saw brushback on social media for? Like once Elon Musk purchased Twitter and he said, yeah, we're going to need everybody to come back to work. They were booing him at concerts. They were heckling him. That's right, Dave Chappelle. But yet Bob Iger and, you know, Tim Cook... They yeah. say the same thing, and all of a sudden, well, they're helping lead the comeback for America. Well, the 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 angle there is Elon is not a woke idiot. He's, uh, you know, he expects results. He's a businessman. He, he, you know, you're going to put in a full eight to ten hour a day. You're going to sleep in the office if possible. If you're not getting your work done at home come to work. I think, I think he went about a little more aggressively than maybe a Bob Iger would or a Tim Cook would for <laughs> Apple. Elon just sends out a note, yeah, if you don't like it, here's your severance, bye. When Iger Which came back to Disney, it wasn't quite the hostile takeover that uh, Elon no. Musk was played out to be. So listen, I'm all for people coming back to the offices. I wish that a lot of places around Monument Circle would have done that yeah. way earlier to help out some of these restaurants and food trucks that relied on lunchtime crowds. When COVID hit, those things obviously went away, and unfortunately, a lot of those like restaurants and food trucks never yeah. came back, and that's disappointing. I when I when Lindsay had COVID there in November of 2020, I had to stay home. It was the night of the election. It was night of Biden v. Trump. The election. I had to stay home. She was a close contact, and I, you know, the kids were. You called in sick to our Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. All right. (laughs) But uh, and I could have came to work. I never got it. I was fine. Right. Uh, You were doing the right thing, taking care of your family. Yeah. Plus, uh, a day later, they gave me a box uh, like Tony Katz has in his office to put in my closet. And I'll be honest with you, it was kind of fun for those five days broadcasting from my little closet up there. But eventually you came back to work. Yeah, right, 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 right. But I mean, you know, being able to uh, shuffle downstairs at five o'clock uh, in my uh, PJs and, and 
and slippers and crack open a beer. Um, you know, that was that was kind of fun. It's pretty much the same thing you do now, sans the PJs. <laughs> slippers, I'm crack wearing... open a beer, but you have pants on. <laughs> yeah, right. Fine, you got me. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of being at work, it's also National Poetry at Work Day. Oh, dear Lord. You know how every single day of the calendar year is some sort of day. Yeah. Today is National Poetry at Work Day. So, for companies like Disney, who are asking people to come back to the office, we thought we would celebrate with our favorite beat poet mm. performing at that weird independent coffee shop oh, yeah. right down the street here. <laughs> hey there, work at home mom or dad. COVID got you out of the workplace and into your cool space. Baggy sweatpants and wrinkled shirt with ketchup stain <laughs> looking plain. No traffic strain that you disdain. No co-worker you hear complain. <laughs> Doing laundry, paying bills. Oops, you've got to show your skills. Zoom call meetings on the phone so everyone knows you're working from home. Company wants you back in the office, but the thought of it just makes you nauseous. If you don't go back, you might get the boot. But at least you won't have the commute. Thank you. Boo. Boo. I hated those guys. Like, that kind of poetry was real popular when I got to college in 1996. Yeah. Guy with the Congos or whatever. Or yeah. The, whatever he's playing Had, like, there. the little Van Dyke mustache and beard <laughs> thing. Just wanted to take their, like, bongos away from them and smash yeah. them like Bluto did that guy's guitar in Animal House. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. What do we say on the show all the time? Almost every time it works out this way. Those that are standing on their soapbox, wagging their finger at you, yelling at you how you've been doing everything wrong, you are most likely guilty of the same thing you're accusing others of doing, which is uh, what Joe Biden is going through right now. These classified documents that they found, he's been holding them since he was, well, he hasn't been VP for what, six years? Um, so the you know, CNN reporting that some of these classified documents Joe Biden illegally possessing involve Ukraine. Imagine that. The you don't say. That's the country where his son Hunter was making squillions of dollars <laughs> in a scheme that kind of paid the big guy 10% according to the laptop that was uh, suppressed and censored by big tech and media. Now, and correct government. me if I'm wrong here, Nige. That laptop story, the quote laptop from hell, came out before the presidential election of 2020, but it was removed quickly. The story came out and it was removed quickly before the election. This news of Joe Biden having classified documents at his quote think tank, which is laughable. This was discovered before the midterm elections, but... It wasn't leaked until the investigation was almost basically complete. 
We're just now learning about it. Just so dirty, man. It's so, so dirty. I mean, everybody from the president's office to the attorney general to the FBI, the upper echelon people here, the decision makers, this whole thing, whether it's this big tech censorship, it stinks. And uh, Merrick Garland, uh, the attorney general, uh, he has a decision to make now. Is he going to sit there and prosecute Trump for the exact same thing that Joe Biden is guilty of doing now? Like, how are you going to sit there and not do that for Biden? But do it for Trump. There's some subtle differences here and there. You don't have to get into the weeds too much to understand. It's basically the same thing, though. Basically the same thing is going on here, especially uh, you go back as far as the emails with Hillary Clinton. Holy God almighty. She didn't get prosecuted for those. And those were certainly, um, I, I think, accusations and charges of obstruction were warranted in the email case. And now, as if all of this information wasn't enough, there's another angle to this story. I call it the tap dance, the media tap dance. And we're going to get into this with Tony Katz when he comes on with us a little bit after 530 today, Tuesdays with Tony, because I heard him talking about this earlier today as well. CNN. So they fire their old president. They fire people like old Lubin, Tubin, and the Thumb. They send them packing because they claim <laughs> they want to be more on the up and up. All right, fine. They were the ones that kind of broke this story today. Okay, that's great. But as soon as they broke it, they started to justify why Joe Biden's ability to have classified information was so much better and vastly different than Donald Trump's ability to have classified uh, well, there's information. No, There's just a big mistake. There's no obstruction here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Especially when you consider Biden very critical of President Trump uh, a couple of months ago, mistakenly taking classified documents to his residence, to Mar-a-Lago or wherever they were in Melania's panty drawer. And Joe Biden on his soapbox, as I alluded to in the opening of the segment. How irresponsible. Please. And keep in mind, the president of the United States has the ability to declassify some information. The vice president can't do anything. The vice president has no authority to declassify anything. So why is the big guy running around with classified information? You think about this isn't the only time Joe Biden has been accused of doing the same thing Donald Trump has been doing. Remember old quib pro Joe? Like, even if you believe that Hunter Biden didn't have anything to do with with uh, his business dealings in Burisma and he had no business being on the board of an energy firm, he never doesn't know anything about Ukraine, even if you believe that it had nothing to do with his son, Hunter, Joe Biden saying, and we have it on tape, he withheld aid to Ukraine until they investigated corruption, which is exactly what Trump said he'd do in that infamous phone call to the president of Ukraine at the time. Everybody That's, laughed when Joe you, Biden you, said it. Right, right. They impeached quid Trump. Pro, quid pro Joe. I, I, yeah, I told them they weren't getting any of the aid until they fired that corrupt Ukraine prosecutor, the same prosecutor that was investigating Burisma at the time, who's, you know, coincidentally had the vice president's son sitting on his board. It's, it's unbelievable. Admitted it on the air. The whole thing reeks of it hypocrisy. Does. It sucks. It the stinks. whole thing. Um, Donald Trump Jr. just tweeted, quote, Biden kept classified documents from the Obama administration that he, as a vice president, 
would not have had the ability to declassify, and I have yet to hear about the FBI hostage rescue team raiding one of his homes. (laughs) Why the double standard? Now, speaking of double standard, I'm going to play you a piece of audio that you shouldn't be surprised by, and it shouldn't shock you, the person that says it. Joy Behar on The View earlier today. There are differences in what happened. Yes, but you know, the are not good. Well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief, you know? We know that. So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that's how it works <laughs> over there. Okay. We like Biden, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. Are you kidding me? These, those chicken heads have ratings. Like, honestly... And who that, applauds that in the crowd? That's your hot take? <laughs> well, Trump is a thief, but we don't think Biden's a thief, so it's not the same thing. And the yeah, the crowd... Uh, All the seals in there. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine trying to use wow. that in a court of law. Well, Scott Peterson, you know, he looks like a handsome guy, and he seems like a nice guy. We're going to let him off the hook for killing the baby and Lacey. No, you can't yeah. do that. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, bad news, sad news from yesterday. One half of the conservative duo Diamond and Silk passed away. <laughs> Uh, Lynette Hardaway, Diamond, died at the age of 51. Uh, Her death was confirmed by her sister, Silk. They were sisters on the official Twitter account. Oh, I didn't know they were sisters. The official cause of death has not been released, at least as of right now. But there's a lot of chatter that she died from COVID. She had been sick. Hmm. They had put out a tweet back in November. They were concerned for her health. Uh, They made it very well known that they were not vaccinated. So, again, we don't know the official cause of death, but rumors are spreading online that Diamond died of COVID. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, liberal, progressive, uh, radical talking heads that are uh, gleefully saying, uh, talking about her vac status and how she died of COVID. Would you like to hear from the peaceful and tolerant left here, Sure, Nige? because I really, I honestly, I thought the only time you're allowed to inquire about somebody's vaccine status was whether or not you could get into the restaurant for lunch or not, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that was, that was the thing. And or if you died of COVID, were you vaxxed? That's the other thing. You're definitely not allowed to ask somebody's vax status if you're healthy and in your mid-20s and you collapse and you have heart problems. Definitely not allowed to ask about vax status that time, right? Chris D. Jackson, he's the former chair of the DNC, tweets, quote, Diamond and Silk were fired from Fox for pushing COVID conspiracies, and tonight Diamond died from COVID. It just writes itself, oh, doesn't it. it? He loves it. This he loves is, it, and he has no clue. This is gross. Uh, Mark Lamont Hill. This guy is the uh, news reporter for BET. He's also a professor at Temple University. He tweets, quote, Diamond of the right-wing Trump-loving duo Diamond and Silk has died. In late November, she was hospitalized due to COVID-19. The duo was fired by Fox a couple of years ago for spreading misinformation about COVID and vaccines. You cannot script this stuff with, like, the laughing face. And, and none of these idiots are specific as to what these quote-unquote lies or misinformation 
was. It's just a generalization statement followed by a, a funny face emoji. And the thing is, uh, like, I don't know if she died of COVID or not, but no for clue. argument's sake, just play along with us. Let's say that she did. She did die of COVID for argument's sake. Someone finally does, and they're doing a victory lap, but countless athletes just randomly drop dead, then you're not allowed to say anything. They're excited somebody actually died from COVID that was unvaccinated. I've been saying it for a couple of years now. You're never allowed to talk about uh, somebody who quite possibly who was healthy that didn't have the vaccine but died, which was rare. Always allowed to talk about that in the newspaper. Never allowed to talk about a healthy 25-year-old that collapses with heart problems that just got vaxxed. Ever. Never allowed to question it. Never allowed to think it. Never, certainly never allowed to say it out loud. I, don't, I have no idea what happened with Damar Hamlin. I have no idea what happened with, with Diamond. Uh, I, I'm not their doctors. I don't know. I don't care. I wish the best for their families. But Dr. Fauci came out this past weekend and said, you're not even allowed to talk about it. Dr. Fauci's not Hamlin's doctor any more than I am. What does he know? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Emma and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we lay? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break down all of the information, and then you give us the verdict. Is the story anything or not? We start with this. A video is going viral of a wild deer breaking through the window of a Minnesota butcher shop. No. (laughs) And basically crashing into everything it can find before he can get out. Here's a little bit of the mayhem caught on camera. Anybody see the irony of a deer crashing into a butcher shop? It'd be like me, like accidentally stumbling into Jeffrey Dahmer's walk-in freezer. <laughs> right. That's normally where you would go to meet your demise. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, those deer are the stupidest animals alive. You don't fear the deer? I, I don't fear the deer at all. The pea brain. See, Biden brain. First thing I thought of, because I heard that this was a butcher shop, yeah. it reminded me of the joke that Chris Farley was trying to tell in the movie Tommy Boy, <laughs> the one that his dad used to say. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I tell you what, you can take a good look at a butcher's ass by sticking your head up there, but wouldn't you rather take his word for it? <laughs> what? No, I mean, you can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but then, no, it's got to be your bull. <laughs> Love it. So, with all of this being said, I think it's time for an all-new segment. Great moments in deer crashing indoor history. This is in the house. Came out here, and I heard a weird noise. I remember this. 
I didn't want him to go where my son was. My first thought was to just save myself, I ain't gonna lie. So I ran back in my room and tried to grab my gun to shoot the deer in the house. <laughs> I was gonna shoot the house up. <laughs> Listen to the chaos going on at the deer in the house. What is this called? Great moments in deer crashing indoors history. <laughs> this is where uh, the deer ran amok in a nursing home. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Don't. 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 There is a deer in here. Oh, no. <laughs> He's out. He's out. Look out. <laughs> Poor old folks no sitting kidding. around, you know. In their beds, you know, walking around with their walkers <laughs> and their canes, and a big rowdy ass deer yeah. comes crashing by. Kind of like uh, when Clark's mom was laying motionless on the living room floor when the squirrel was loose. That's what <laughs> kind of would have been the same thing. Bob, don't move. And he's just laying there and laying motionless while there's a wild deer ravaging the place. <laughs> uh, is this anything? File this under the things I had no clue about category. Okay. Young people are just finding out that the popular uh, door knock, shave and a haircut, is actually named something. Here's a guy Wait, talking about how he found out that the iconic bump, 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 bump knock was called shave and a haircut. Take a listen. I found out that this knock has a name. What? I was watching Netflix uh, with the subtitles on. Someone knocked like that. And it came up in the subtitles, the name of that knock is the shave and a haircut. It's shave and a haircut, two bits. <laughs> no, this is nothing. I've never heard of that before in my life. Have you? Yes. You have? You, How have you not? I've never heard that before in my life. Shave and a so So the most common knock amongst human beings when you're at their door is shave and a haircut. Two bits. Never. It, uh, not until today. Now, Kylan, you Kylan. are a little bit younger than uh, Nige and I. Had you ever heard that that was called the shave and a haircut knock? I would never have guessed it had a name. Really? I never. I knew the knock. Oh, this is the first time I've heard no, it. Yeah, I've that's never. a pretty famous knock. Da, 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 da. Right. Where? How did you know what it was? Just I don't know. The amount of useless information in this big bucket head of mine <laughs> could fill up a stadium. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a, is that, was that guy English? It seems like a, a European thing, at the very least, an English thing. I'm the furthest thing from a Euro in the world, but I knew what it was. Never have I ever heard of that until just now. All right. I learn something new every day on this show. It might be a worthless piece of trivia. Okay, here's what I want to do real quick. We're going to do a rapid, very rapid survey. 239-9393. Kylan, just pick up the phone, put them on hold. We're going to go through just real quick. The answer is simple. Yes or no. Have you heard of that knock before? Because I don't know. Maybe I've saw it in like old movies or because I used to watch a lot so of wait TV. A wait a minute. It's shaving a haircut two bits. Correct. Sh shaving a haircut two bits. That's it. That hurt my knuckles, by the way. Just, <laughs> ow. All right, so uh, let's I, just burn through of some of these, Kylan. Let's go to line number one. Line number one. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Have you ever heard of that knock referred to as the shave and a haircut? Yeah, and I know where you heard it from. It was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Out. That's right. No tune can resist the old shave and a haircut bit. <laughs> that is right. That is perfect. Thank you. Now, do you know what he's talking about? I, mean, what? I knew what he's talking about before, yeah. but that just... 
blew okay. my mind. I, I can't believe I didn't remember that. So right. that's where you know it from then. Line number two. Have you heard of that knock referred to as shaving a haircut? Yeah, he stole my thunder. It's Roger in the Roger Rabbit movie. Yeah, he comes right on. out of the wall. He's too big. <laughs> <laughs> Line okay. number three. Have you referred heard that and referred to it as the shaving a haircut knock? Yes or no? Yes, Roger Rabbit. All right, All right. there we go. Right, I think we we've go. got I think it. We've got it. We've that's, established that's, that's it. it. All right. Well, there we go. I learned something new today, man. It's not just poop jokes on this show. Every once in a while, you learn something. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. the hammer and nigel show my name is nigel jason hammer right over there with a very special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline richard essex is the investigative reporter for our news partners at wish tv 8 he has been doing a great job of covering the delphi story and richard it's a big week with this story we've got some action on friday what's going on well there is going to be a hearing on friday up in the uh, at the courthouse and from what we are anticipating to happen, the his lawyers, Richard Allen's lawyers, are going to be asking for the discovery, which is a pretty common part of any any criminal case where the prosecution, they have all this information on how they have charged or why they charged Richard Allen. So his lawyers are going to be asking for all of that information to be handed over. Now, you're looking at four and a half years of information that's been collected over this case. So they are asking for every of information they get hold of every witness that has talked about Richard Allen, every interview that has been done where his name was mentioned, everything that's got his name attached to it and why they charged him with the murders of these two girls. They want every bit of that information given to them. And when you're talking about every piece of information, if I'm reading this right, the court documents say that they want the names and addresses of every person who's even talked to an investigator about this case. Is that correct? Yes, they they have done I think close to 500 interviews received something like 20,000 tips over the past four and a half years. And they, they, and his lawyers want the names of those people. They want all of those interviews, any kind of surveillance video that was done, any kind of recording that was done, any mention of Mr. Allen, Richard Allen, they want that information. And they want to know who said it and in what context it was said in. What happens if the prosecution doesn't wind up giving everything the defense wants or needs or something is looked over or something is swept under the rug? I'm not saying I'm not accusing them of any wrongdoing. I'm just saying if they don't get all the information, what happens if they try to use that information later on in the uh, trial? Well, there's it's likely that they wouldn't be able to introduce it at trial. Oh, if, wow. If they have something that they don't think is relevant to Allen and to these charges, and they decide, well, we're going to put this over here, pile B, and then all of a sudden at trial, they're like, oh, gosh, maybe that is relevant. They try to introduce that, and there's a really good chance the judge is going to say, you can't, you can't bring that into it. Now, you had your opportunity to do so back in January, and now several months or years later, you can't introduce that in the trial that is from the prosecutor that we talked to yesterday he said it is best to be as transparent as you can bring everything even if you don't think you're going to use it 
just to make sure, because you never know down the road, it may become relevant. And then you want to be able to use it and you'll be able to. Richard Essex from Wish TV joining us. Uh, Richard, I think one of the biggest pieces of information that's going to be talked about here is that cell phone recording, that same video where we've got the down the hill audio from. Um, I've been told, I'm pretty sure you've been told, there's a lot more on that phone than what the public has heard. Is there a chance that Richard Allen's team is going to get the full version of what's on that phone? And will that ultimately, maybe it's after the trial, find its way into the public? Well, that's the interesting part. I I would think that would be one of the key things that his lawyers would be asking for. They want to see and hear everything that was captured on that phone. Now, will we be able to see it down the road? That is, there's no guarantee that we're going to be able to. Now, granted, if it's, if it is presented as evidence in the trial, that we'll be able to hear it. But if they, continue to have an investigation associated to this case the prosecutor could keep that keep all of this evidence sealed from the public even after the trial is over and from the prosecutor that we talked to yesterday our, our good prosecutor up in Boone County he said that you know there are ways to keep all of this information sealed it, it's a little complicated there's a lot of legalese but um, we may not see it uh, Richard, speaking of, of information being sealed, like what are some of the bigger red flags that you've seen in this case as uh, an investigative reporter after Allen's arrest, from him being in jail, not talking to a lawyer for a few days, to the sealing of the affidavit, to the gag order? Um, uh, what are some of the things that have, have no? You know, the original judge recusing himself, change of location request. There's been a lot of news since uh, Richard Allen's arrest? Well, one of the things that his lawyers are going to have, are going to be arguing for is, a re, is, is bail. In Indiana, bail. you're not, yeah, you're, you're not given the opportunity for bail on a murder charge. So they are going to have to present almost like a small trial to, to, in an effort to get bail for this guy. Now, one of the things that we're going to be looking for on Friday, if the judge does give bail, that might indicate that maybe the case isn't as strong as people have been led to believe it against Allen. So there's a couple things that we're looking for. Number one is what happens with the bail hearing and the change of venue. That's going to be another discussion that they're going to have on Friday. The, his, his lawyers have asked for it to be moved 150 miles away from that area, which would put it down into Southern Indiana and the judge can say, well, maybe 150 miles is too far away. Maybe we'll go 60 miles, 70 miles. And so where the case will be tried is another big part. And the gag order is right now, it's only temporary. So we expect the gag order to be made permanent on Friday. Again, Richard Essex is our guest. He's the investigative reporter for Wish TV. He's got a story up right now at wishtv.com about what we can expect this Friday. Richard, I said earlier, you've been doing a great job covering this story from the very beginning. Another name that we have heard about with this story is someone who's never been charged, but Keegan Klein. His name has been part of this story. Where are we at with his role in this investigation? 
Well, right now, I mean, there's nothing official with him, um, at least that we ha- that has been made public. We follow his case very closely in the county just uh, to the west of, of Carroll County, and he's got his own issues to deal with. So right now, they haven't really been connected. Um, I, I think we have we have reported that he was taken out of jail and, and state police questioned him. There was a weeks long search of the Wabash River looking for um, what we were told might have been a weapon or a cell phone. And, of course, police have not said they found anything related to that case. So I, I, I think before we really tie him directly to this case, um, I need to see some something official. Yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy people out there that are drawing all these conclusions, but I need to hear something official. But it's not, and I hear what you're saying. I totally do. But when you say conspiracy theory, you just start thinking about yeah. lunatics and nuts. I mean, the police right. did take this guy out and have a conversation with and him. This guy yeah. was in contact with the victims at some point. Right. Yeah. On the day that they were, on the day the girls were murdered, he did have contact with them. Um, but what his role is beyond that, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I just, I just want to hear a little bit more on him. So, uh, Richard, I'm assuming this trial when when is there a, when's the trial date march is that yeah and it, i'm assuming you think that's going to get bumped and this is going to be a long arduous uh, process and nothing's going to be on time well i expect it's going to take a long time for them to get all the discovery information together and it's not going to be where they just hand over a bunch of papers we we expect that the discovery will be kind of a hard drive that they'll hand over to the prosecution. So it, by the time they by the time they go through everything, it's going to be months, years down the road. Wow. And for the and for the defense lawyers, they're going to have to go and recreate their own investigation. And that's going to take some time. So I, I think safely that it, yeah, we're most certainly planning for it to be pushed down the road. Is it going to be six months, a year? Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a while. Richard, last thing here before we let you go. What do you think the scene is going to be like this Friday uh, at the courthouse? Because it feels like this is the most high-profile case, trial, whatever you want to call it, that we've seen in Indiana in a long time. It is. It's. I, I cannot remember having anything like this. And, and as you guys know, I, I grew up in Central Indiana, and we've had, you know, like the Mike Tyson case. You know, that was that drew a lot of attention. I, I think we're we're going to start approaching that kind of of attention with this case. And the more that comes out of each one of these hearings, the more interest is going to gather. So. As things start to really pick up, I think you're going to start seeing more and more people coming into central Indiana or into Indiana just to cover the case. Richard Essex, uh, investigative reporter for Wish TV. Me, you, Hammer, uh, and the friendly, and a couple of beers very soon, (laughs) Richard, okay? You know, I, I, I heard from somebody from Zionsville about an hour ago, and the first thing I thought of, 
is the Friendly Tavern. Yeah. And when you guys called me earlier today, that was the first time today I thought about the Friendly Tavern. So absolutely, yes. And wing. I just got some wings from there over the weekend. That place is never <laughs> not packed. You know that. I mean, it's just always got people there. Um, if more people can pay attention to, uh, want to find out more about your, where you, you know what you're working on, Richard. Where can they go? Well, they can come to our website, wishtv.com, and we have a special segment in our website for the investigation uh, for my investigations aside from the Delphi case. And we have a particular section dedicated towards the Delphi stories. He is the best investigative reporter in the city, and it's not even close. Richard Essex, Wish TV. Richard, thank you. Richard. Thank you, gentlemen. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. All right, uh, Joe Biden taking uh, press questions in Mexico. We'll go to that uh, once he takes the podium. There's no way he's going to understand anybody. (laughs) There is zero chance he's going to understand anybody. There's a caveat that you have to speak English when you are speaking to the president. (laughs) It can't be in Spanish. There's no way he's going to understand anybody, (laughs) English or Spanish. Oh, man, would Trump would try to answer a question from the press corps, but it was from a guy with a heavy, thick foreign accent. I, he, had, he had no clue. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're actually, he's like, what? Yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, no, I just, I can't understand And you. he would tell him to his was, face, yeah, your I, accent I, I is too thick. I, I can't understand you. So. <laughs> um, we'll keep an eye on that. A couple minutes here. There's a, a, a Reddit thread where people are talking about the cranky boomer opinions they actually agree with. And it's not just millennial versus boomers. It was like people of all ages who were validating boomer takes. Like you and I are Gen X, boomers are older folks. Uh, Kai Lynn is our, our producer today. She is Gen, are you Gen Z? She's she's in her early yeah, 20s. Yeah, 99, so barely Gen Z. So, so here are so here are some highlights that everybody agrees with, no matter if you're a boomer, Gen Z, millennial, whatever. People share way too much on social media. 100%. Thank Correct? you. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Screw touch screens. I want physical buttons, especially in the car. I, uh, you know what? I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. I like a good touch screen. I can go a good touch screen. Like if I'm getting in my car, like my radio system is touch screen. Here is one that I think everybody can agree on. I hate going to concerts and seeing everyone with their phones up. I like to yeah. be able to record the moment, but don't have it up the whole time. You're not going back to watch the damn moment. Now okay. stop. All stop. Right. stop. All right. You're it's also the out. same person that probably records the fireworks so now, wait a minute. and posts that because we've never seen fireworks before, <laughs> but you're totally going to go back and watch the fireworks show, aren't you, Kyle? Well, jeez, give her a break. She First of all, she you could hold your phone up like it's a uh, – people like used to do it like with their lighters. 
that's different. If you're going yeah. for like a special effect, because like the Pacers sometimes do that now, like when the Pacers come out, hold your phone up for this light show. That's different than missing your favorite song because you're watching it through your phone when the artist is literally yeah. right in front of you. I will say also, I am very short, so sometimes when people have their phones up, I can see better through their phone than no, being able to see over someone's head. You are so full of, <laughs> full of it, Kylan. I almost caught myself right there. Um, I will never own an e-reader. Nothing compares to a real paper book. Mm-hmm. I've never read. I, I don't think I've read a Kindle before. It's always if I'm on the beach, it's on. Uh, it's paperback. Yeah, for me. Yeah, it seems like it's easier to get. You know, the paperbacks now, like. I don't know. It seems like a lot of work to download something. Here at the radio station, we get people sending us books. I'll just take that to the can or on the airplane or wherever I'm going. Oh, let me get you this. Okay, this one, because we got like about 30 seconds left. These are opinions millennials, Gen Z, boomers all agree on. Paper menus are far superior to the QR codes. Kylan? If the paper menu is sticky, I don't want it. But (laughs) other than that, I'd like it. All right, good point. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the menus. I hate doing the QR code thing. I'm with you, but there's something to be said about the mysterious sticky menu that Kylan (laughs) is talking about here. Like, yeah, I'm good with that. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! I'm just sick of the hypocrisy. Sick of it all. President Biden critical of Trump when Trump mistakenly took classified documents to Mar-a-Lago and now it's looking like Biden may have done the same thing when he was vice president he hasn't been he hasn't been vice president for six years at least Trump being the president of the United States had the ability to declassify these documents and take them with him Biden was a vice president, didn't have any of that kind of power. And now when we find out, according to, according to CNN, that these these classified documents that were staged at some Biden think tank, which, <laughs> which I'm reading now is, is funded with Chinese money, had to do with security situations in Iran and Ukraine, that raises more red flags, Hammer. Because last time I checked, Biden's coke-sniffing son was involved in some shenanigans allegedly, with the Ukraine. This was what spawned the whole laptop from hell controversy, which, by the way, was brought up and dropped before the presidential election. Big Tech did their damnedest to get that story offline. Big Tech started notifying guys like Zucks from Facebook before the story even hit the tabloids. And his Twitter files say the same thing. I guess I shouldn't. uh, Tabloids is the wrong word. Before it hit the New York Post. I mean, we've talked to the Emma Joe Morris, the one who broke the story. The FBI was in contact with social media before that story hit and telling them it was Russian hacked disinformation when in reality it was 100% true. And Yoel Roth, who was basically in charge of security at Twitter at this time, according to a a litany of different uh, sources in these Twitter files, emails that have been shown to the public, was basically laughing and joking that he had that type of relationship with the government. Now, think about how hard they worked to squash the laptop from hell story. It turns out here that they knew 
The government, the feds knew that Joe Biden had classified information six days before the midterm elections, but we're just now hearing about it. And, and quite frankly, I don't care. I don't care about Trump and classified documents and what got moved and what didn't and what was classified and declassified. I don't care about Biden's documents. But unfortunately, the precedence has been set by the radical left wing corporate media. This was when Trump did this a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm sorry, a couple of months ago. It was it was a matter of national security. Right. I, I kept on hearing the words nuclear codes. <laughs> Didn't Joy like, Behar say he was going to sell information to other countries? Yes. Oh, who cares what that idiot has to say? <laughs> so all I'm saying is, while I don't care about any of this, I don't care about Joe Biden. I, you know, saying I don't care isn't a take. But now you have to care because the Democrats look like fools. The media looks like fools now because they're trying to downplay Joe Biden with all this. They're trying to say, oh, well, look, uh, this is a different. There's no obstruction involved. And so is so the, the optics of Merrick Garland possibly prosecuting Donald Trump for the exact same thing Biden is accused of doing now, but not prosecuting Biden, Biden is going to look awful. We just want consistency. That's all we're which asking. I think, which I don't think we're going to see. Now that this has happened, I don't think we're going to see anything happen with Trump. So let's go back to September of this past year, September 18th, to be precise. This was at the height of Donald Trump and classified documents and the raid at Mar-a-Lago. That's when all of this was going on. This is what Joe Biden had to say about Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago being raided. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen, how anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. You totally did the same thing. You did the same thing. <laughs> and now when we find out that these documents that Biden had had to do with Ukraine and dealings with his son and 10% for the big guy, blah, 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 blah. We've heard it a million times. You're guilty of doing the same thing. Oh, I'm sick of it. Now, today, Biden is down in Mexico City. He's down there with Pretty Boy. Justin Trudeau of Canada also speaking uh, with some of the Mexican officials about what could possibly be done at the border. I'm sure a lot's going to get accomplished there. But the interesting part was the press. The press was yelling out questions about classified information to Joe Biden, and he just sat there with that goofy grin on his face. That's all they cared about talking about. They're they're in some big summit with the Mexican president and pretty boy Trudeau and Biden. What <laughs> he wants to talk about is the, the classified documents. Good. Good. I'm glad. I, I, I want to see more of that because it doesn't seem like corporate mainstream media is very concerned with it. At the very least, they're reporting on it. 
but they are making every excuse in the world why this is different than Donald Trump. This is totally <laughs> different. This is nothing alike. I mean, the, the you know the documents are classified, uh, but th- that's totally different. Completely uh, th- not the same thing. CNN did that earlier. They put out like a tale of the tape. Like you would see two boxers or two UFC fighters side by side with all of their stats and information. And they did that comparing Biden's classified information to Trump's, trying to make it look like Donald Trump's was way worse. But they forgot to mention what I think is a pretty important piece of information. The president has the authority to declassify pieces of information. The vice president doesn't. No. So I've got questions here. How does the vice president, how does Joe Biden end up with a box of, you know, classified material? Who put them there? How did the feds get this? Who had access? Uh, How sensitive were these documents? There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Is there going to be an early morning raid on his home in Delaware? I mean, I know this, the, the, the boxes were at the think tank. Biden's think tank, but are there going to be more raids? And why are we only finding out about this now? Who oh, sat on way. all of this information? Who let the midterms ride and the Speaker of the House stuff all settle? Why are we just now finding out about everything going on here? Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. Yeah, I got an update to a little bit of legal stuff here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Something we were talking about yesterday, this viral video going around of that dude robbing the uh, Mexican taco restaurant. Um, it was in Houston. It was this taco restaurant. Guy walks in, starts pointing a gun at people, taking their money, and then he did it to the wrong guy. Walked past these guys in a booth. This guy stood up, blew him away. In Texas, you better be careful yeah. where you try to rob. So, so I, I mean, the footage is everywhere. I think we retweeted it. It's actually kind of... I, I don't like necessarily watching that stuff, even though, you know, I don't mind that a bad guy is dead now where... But you still the, watched it, though, right? <laughs> yeah, that's See, I that's what everybody's going to say when I have my death channel. Yeah. Everybody's going to say, I don't like watching it, but hot damn, I can't like, stop watching like it. I, I couldn't turn away. It did turn out that the uh, assailant, the bad guy, who's now dead... Uh, I was carrying some sort of fake gun, faux gun, toy gun. Nobody knew that at the time. Would that be the definition of play stupid games, win stupid prizes? I mean, you have to expect, if you dabble in this kind of trade, whether it's carjacking (laughs) or going into a a Mexican cantina with a, a toy gun with the intent of robbing people of their money, you have to understand there is a chance you are going to get blown away. And that's what happened to this guy. But the controversy is that the guy that did the the blowing away the the good samaritan with the gun i mean unloaded on this guy uh the guy was on the floor emptied a few more lead pills into his body, returned the customer's money to them as this dead guy was laying there bleeding out. So everybody that had been robbed in this taco diner, this guy, after killing the gunman, gave everybody their money back that was just robbed. We talked about this extensively yesterday with Guy Relford, who's a Second Amendment attorney, and he could see some potential problems with law enforcement in terms of, like, you know, was the last was the last bullet to the head really necessary kind of thing or was he just making sure he was dead you never you're kind of getting into mangling of a corpse area right, here. at what point did the bullet kill the guy 
Right. So, but but anyway, so so the only problem is one of the problems is that the guy, the good Samaritan, the good guy with the gun, fled the scene. Oh. Um, and the shooter has contacted the Houston Police Department and set up a time for um, him and his lawyer to talk with investigators. Uh, neither man's name nor the interview date has been revealed. So we don't know the bad guy's name. We don't know the guy that killed him's name. Um, and they've been looking for him since last Thursday. Probably should not have... You probably should have stayed on scene if something like that happens. It makes it look, it, makes it look all the more suspicious. You know, should this guy have had a gun in the first place? Because I think he fired eight total shots into the... This guy. Yeah. Um, now I don't know which one was the kill shot. Right, right, right. But it looks to be, and the story is, it was pretty much a given. The guy was dead, and he kept firing. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the funniest part is, again, after all the chaos, people running, screaming for their lives, he gave everybody their money back. He went and got the he went and got the cash out of the dead guy's pockets and started giving the patrons their money back before fleeing the scene. I think the guy's a hero. I don't mind it when when uh, when uh, uh, bad guys die in this sort of fashion. And I don't think this kind of thing would happen as often if things like this. If there's if if there, you know if bad guys know there's a palpable chance. There's a real visceral you know hatred for their kind of people in their line of work, and there's a chance it's somebody's just going to unload on them. It might be tough. For, it might, you know, might give them pause, might give them a second thought before trying to rob somebody. And this is where the media could actually help if they reported on oh, stories sure. like this a lot. Yeah, you never see the good guy with the gun aspect. Go down to Florida where you have our friend, uh, unofficial friend of the show, Sheriff Grady Judd. Yeah. When the uh, yeah. summer of love was going on, or maybe it was a hurricane, I can't remember, but there was looting, looting. taking place. And the sheriff comes out and says, if you're thinking of looting, understand this. Our citizens like guns. They are armed. <laughs> they are trained. Like, he made that perfectly clear. I believe, he said, I believe the words were, they will shoot you graveyard dead. Graveyard dead. <laughs> uh, we got some more legal stuff uh-huh. here. Uh, police in Tulsa, Oklahoma, arrested a habitual porch pirate. Porch pirate. That's where um, people steal you know, Amazon boxes that are just laying on your front porch. Right. right? Any sort of big delivery that sits in your mailbox or on your porch, these losers steal it for themselves. Well, this one guy got busted on camera stealing a package, but he was also wearing a pair of women's panties on his head. Ah, well, he was COVID-19 outbreak in that area, obviously, <laughs> and he was, he was being socially responsible. Uh, now, this is the thing, <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of Home Alone. The security camera picked it up, and the cops finally recognized who he was. Really? But because he always would wear a panty on his head, they now know all the other homes that he's done this to. Uh, the wet bandits. It's the wet yeah. bandits all over again. This is so just they, a ripoff so, of the wet bandits. So the cops were still able to find this guy, even though he was wearing a pair of thongs on his head? Correct. Pantes. There must have been a profile or something that they recognized who he was on yeah. the camera, and now they finally figured out who the panty porch pirate was. 
some good alliteration there. Thank you. Uh, which brings us to a new segment yeah. here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Great moments in men with panties history. <laughs> the movie Raising Arizona. Son, you got a panty on your head. Yeah. The robbery scene in Raising Arizona. That's always, always my favorite line from that 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 movie. Son, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> and last but yeah. not least, the <laughs> scene in Weird Science. Like your panties. It's a joke, Jay. You know, it's a... That's not a joke. That is a severe behavioral disorder. Those are women's underpants. I mean, the next thing you know, you'll be wearing a bra on your head. Great moments in men with panties history. This is a Persian missile ship. I think it was a whale's bleep, honey. God, I love that movie. That was the scene where Wyatt came down in her pan- in Kelly LeBrock's panties, right? He's right. making breakfast. I like your panties. It, it takes a second for it yeah. to kick in before he realized what he had just saw. Because you hear him burp as he sets his plate down. Like your panties. That makes me want to go watch Weird Science. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, man. That's one of my son, my oldest son's favorite movies of like the 80s. Because yeah, during really? COVID, I made him sit there and watch yeah. all of the old movies that I used to like. Some of them he got into, some of them he didn't. He thought The Breakfast Club was boring. Yeah, I can see that. But he loved, loved Weird Science and the Austin Powers movies. Uh, before we get to Tony Katz and Tuesdays with Tony. Do we have time for booze news? Always time for booze news. You set him up and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. What's it hit your lips? It's so good. It's what we said. Booze news, booze news. Deal. I love this. A sheriff's office in Missouri is looking for volunteers to get drunk, (laughs) to day drink, to help deputies get much-needed training on real drunk individuals. I volunteer as tribute. Here is Deputy Grant talking more about this sort of bizarre program. We are inviting people to come down and get drunk at the sheriff's office. They are training them on DWI to not only recognize the signs of somebody who's driving under the influence, but also uh, to do the field sobriety testing and so on and so forth. And the way this works is you have to have people literally sit down and drink. So they're going to drink for two hours and then they will go through the field sobriety tests just as if they were pulled over uh, in a, a real world scenario. Where do I sign up? Why can't we have this program in Marion County? <laughs> like start this program here and Nigel and I, you know, we love law enforcement. Sure. We'll be more than happy to help out. I'm sure the mayor would be, too. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Katz, coming up next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, Tony! Hey, Tony! Pretty boy. 
Tony. It's Tuesday with Tony Katz on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, don't want to keep Tony waiting. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here, and we're hooking up live with Tony Katz. TK Biden ignoring questions about uh, classified documents stored away at his uh, think tank. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, <laughs> think tank and Biden together. Oh, I see what okay, you did there. Choked up there. Uh, choked up there. Documents had intel involving Ukraine and Iran. I'm old enough, Tony, to remember when the FBI raided Trump's place down in Florida few months ago after being accused of having classified documents and then biden saying how irresponsible uh seems like media is downplaying this what do you think i think media is downplaying this it's what i think and i want an investigation you know what what is fascinating here is that uh, i had said uh, on the morning show that i uh i Want to know if if there's been an, uh, uh, any looking into documents he has at his homes? Because this took place November second. This took place six days before a midterm, and we weren't told. So in the last two months, what investigation has the FBI done? If you tell me none, I'm going to freak out because I would have only assumed that after they raided Mar-a-Lago, remember it was a raid, no one knocked on the door, they were already in conversations, and they still did the raid. I would assume that the FBI looked at Bedminster, right, where where the president has uh, Trump, whatever it is, and it it does the the golf, and they would have gone to Trump Tower. I would have assumed these things. So I would only assume the same thing is happening, and you've had FBI agents basically raiding Delaware. And what cracks me up the most here, Tony, is scrolling through social media earlier, CNN already has like the tail of the tape, the side-by-side breakdown of why Joe Biden's classified information is okay, but Donald Trump's is not unbelievable. okay. Classified is classified, isn't it? I thought CNN was supposed to be heading into a different direction, right? I thought they were supposed to be on the up and up after they fired people like Jeffrey Zucker in the thumb. I I would tell you that they've been leading the charge on discussing uh, this whole thing, including noting that the documents involve memos and intel about Ukraine, which, you know, that creates more drama to this, considering the uh, New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story and the connections there with Ukraine. One of the reasons we need is, as William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, said on, on my show, this is the moment you need a special prosecutor. You can't have Merrick Garland investigating his boss. You need a special prosecutor on this one because now that we know, Billy's based on the CNN reporting, what one of the documents were, if not multiple documents, there's a connection here that is undeniable. And the left may not like it, but honestly, who gives a damn? They don't like the idea that they're in ever they're ever questioned they don't like the idea that anybody thinks they can ever do any wrong it was joy behar who said well we know trump's a liar and a cheater so he needs to be investigated but biden's not a liar so we can give him a pass (laughs) that is the best example or the best uh rationale for a banana republic i've ever heard but going back to cnn for just a moment here you're right they have been at the forefront of putting the information out there but it feels like to me they're doing what i call pulling a fauci where you put it out there, but then you take the other side immediately, so that way you can never be wrong. They'll put the information out there, and then they'll tell you why it's so different than what happened with Donald Trump, and why the big orange man situation is way worse. Like That's what I'm seeing from CNN. 
Yeah, well, that's they they, they got to come around. They got to come around to doing their thing. I wish they wouldn't do that. It's it's the the conversation here is not about Democrats or Republicans. It's about whether America is safe and why are these documents getting out? Why is if if it's these two presidents and it was a president and a vice president in this case, and there's a difference there yeah. because the president could have. Uh, made everything declassified. The president can declassify anything the president chooses at any time. The vice president can't declassify anything. As I said, the vice president can smoke cigars and wait for people to die. That's it. <laughs> and I, I'm willing to accept the role of vice president because I could do both of those things. But, uh, oh, like a champ. I would set up lawn chairs. I would be like the guy from Christmas Vacation with the camper right in front of the White House. Oh, your oh, cousin Eddie. TK and Cousin Eddie, smoke them if you got them. I love it. I love it. Did uh, Joe Biden? So Joe Biden was down in uh, Mexico City where he's being peppered with questions about these documents. He's down there. Did him uh, his photo op at the wall do anything for you? Did the um, did the asylum app? That the uh, administration <laughs> is rolling out. Does that? Um, do you think that has the potential for success? I looked at the photo of Joe Biden in the wall, and I thought that it made the wall look very intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I thought walls were racist. Um, uh, it, it, that was so 2017 through 2021. You got to live in the now. Okay, you got to live in the now. Yeah. Is what you got to do. So, but, but this was a total waste of everybody's time and money, though, right? Joe Biden finally says, all right, I'm going to the border. And people, whether it's silly or not, got excited. All right, the commander in chief finally coming down here to get a good look. He stayed two hours. He walked through a parking lot, took a photo by the wall, <laughs> and then hopped up the stairs to get back onto Air Force One. And it was a win because he didn't fall on the stairs. It's worse than that because as Bill Malugan at Fox News and some others pointed Pointed out, they sanitized the area. Yeah. He went to uh, uh, one of these checkpoints, and there was nobody there. These places are full, beyond crowded. People lined up for days, and everybody was gone. You had an opportunity to show the commander in chief, and you didn't want to show him. That is very much what happens in the world of Vladimir Putin. He thinks he has a military, right? That can do great things, and the next thing you know, they walk into Ukraine, they crap their own pants, and they don't know what. A tank actually is. If it wasn't for the fact that they didn't have, you know, so many weapons and the willingness to kill so many soldiers, the Russians would already have been destroyed by the Ukrainian forces. They don't have a military that can fight. But no one told Vladimir Putin this. They all told him, "Oh, Vladimir, they're strong. They can wrestle bears. Not as good as you, Vladimir. Nobody <laughs> wrestles a bear better than you, Big Vlad." Right? They all told him what he wanted to hear, and then it turns out he can't do anything. You do that with Joe Biden, you'll never get anything done. You can't do that in America. What do you think of the um, okay, we'll switch topics here just a little bit of Tuesdays with Tony Katz here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and the chaos leading up to his what, what, did he go through 14 or 15 ballots? 15 I'm not sure. votes ballot number 15. Chaos. It was a walk in the park. 
<laughs> yeah, some people are characterizing it as as chaos. Um, but what? How did you see? Did you were you entertained by it? Did did this help the um, Republicans in some ways? Or is America uh, be- is America the, better for what happened? I think happened? the help part is uh, is a little bit remains to be seen. If it forces um, uh, Speaker McCarthy to be stronger, if yep. it forces these these rules packages, which would actually allow for debate, it really does expose what kind of dictatorial monster uh, Nancy Pelosi was in not allowing any debate, to which Democrats don't care because they never step out of line. When yeah. you step out of line and you're a Democrat, they'll follow you into the bathroom with a, with a tape recorder uh, or, or with, their, with their cell phone just to ask Kirsten Cinema. So... Uh, I I don't I don't know if this is bad for Republicans yet. There are certainly parts of it that didn't look good. I think Matt Gates looked clownish. I I, I think that the the lunging at Gates doesn't help uh, anything. But. You wanted something more than you were getting. You as members demanded more. I don't think they did a super great job articulating that until later. Um, but that's not the worst thing in the world. And if the Democrats want to consider that chaos, uh, who cares? If Matt Gates wasn't so demonstrative and so hungry to see himself on television, if he just would have been one of these guys that said, you know what, I just can't bring myself to vote for the biggest alligator in the swamp, which I thought was a great line, would that have been a better look for him? Yes. If he had said, I'm supporting Jim Jordan every step of the way, and then voted for Jim Jordan every step of the way, it would have been a better look for him. And he could have picked anybody. But I'm using Jim Jordan as the example, because first he voted for Jordan, then he voted for Byron Donalds, then he voted for Donald Trump, then he went back to Jim Jordan after Jim Jordan said, I don't want this, I want to be the head of judiciary, and I want to bring some justice down on some people's heads, even if I have to get them into a headlock and, you know, do all the wrestling things that you do. So it could have gone a lot better for Matt Gates. He chose this path and the people you know it was pj media who put out there uh you know uh, he he was a mad genius um you you enjoy that headline i'm not gonna play that game so we've had jim banks on our program a number of times you have him on your program quite often did he get left out in all of the changes happening right here did he get skipped over in all of this I honestly don't know what's going on, but the fact that you asked the question means yes. Hmm. I mean, it, it, it really it really does that you, you take a look at um, House committees and people who are getting chairmanships, and I think there are not not enough. Uh, you take a look at some of the major committees, uh, appropriations, armed services. Where is Banks? I mean, he already got uh, abused when he wasn't put in into leadership. They allowed uh, Tom Emmer to stay in leadership. Nonsense move and maneuver there. Now you take a look and you're like, well, where... Where is he? Where is his name? And you're like, well, now I know why he's considering a run for the Senate. Because why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he say, if these people aren't going to be serious, I, I got I, I, I to gotta go. I don't quite understand it. I know I don't like it. Tony Katz, 6 to 9, and then 9 to noon. What's coming up on your shows tomorrow? Well, fallout. Fallout from the uh, classified documents and, of course, the spin doctors in saying that it's all fine. It's not a big deal. Why do you care? He's on social media at Tony Katz. Facebook is Tony Katz Radio. TK, thank you. Always. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
think this is a pretty funny story. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, we have an entire hour of the Hammer and Nigel show coming up after 6 o'clock. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer right over there. Did you see this, <laughs> this story about the former IU basketball player? And he played in the NBA, Jared Jeffries, won a car on The Price is Right. And he was just like a regular contestant. It wasn't like it was some sort of celebrity edition really? or former first round picks that's, edition. That's what I wasn't that's what I wasn't clear on. This was just he was some dude in the audience. Yeah. Jared, come on down. <laughs> and it was Jared Jeffries. Oh, uh, well, I mean he was a superstar at IU, wasn't he? I mean, a big name when he played IU down in Bloomington. I believe he was part of the squad that played in that championship game. Jared Jeffries, Dane Fife, uh, Tom Coverdale, those kind of guys. Uh, so he was a contestant on The Price is Right. He gets called up. You know, he wins his bid. He's playing a game called One Away. Now, a Toyota sedan is on the line here. <laughs> You got a former NBA players driving around Toyota sedans. It's a lottery pick, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, take a listen. This is how it played out. If this is a red seven coming up, you won. Oh, man. Because you changed the very last number. Man. Let's see a red seven, please. Yes. <laughs> what a good win. What a good win to start this show. Way to go. Let's get another contestant down here, George. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is so funny. I don't care who you are. If you're an NBA star, you played college basketball, you got a lot of money in the bank. I, like I grew up watching The Price is Right with my uh, grandparents. And you know, I'm probably ten, at least 10 years older than Jared Jeffries. But I would have to assume that's kind of a cool moment for him. He seems like a fan of the show. And What's your favorite game? Price is Right growing up. Oh, I could never go wrong with the Palenko. Palenko. Um, and then that little dude that ran up and down the mountain. Yo, de, oh, de, oh, de, oh, de, oh, de, oh, de, I love that. You really just weirded me out right there. Uh, wow. 